Hey, welcome to the Church Explain podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. We're excited today. Uh, we're going to focus around this idea of how to grow a healthy church. And we've got an amazing guest uh, from Hillsong Network, Andy Hopper. So let's get ready for the show today. Hey, well, it's yeah. so good today to have uh, Andy Hopper with us. He's going to be on the podcast today. It's going to be an exciting podcast. Andy is uh, the team leader of the Hillsong Leadership Network, an important role. Uh, and he does a lot of stuff around connecting with leaders, uh, training, uh, really trying to help churches grow in their principles and practices to get them really to a healthy place. So we're going to touch on some of that stuff today. Just to say, Andy is originally from the UK. That's what we've been told. Come on. Although, let's listen to his accent, if he really is from the UK. Maybe he was <laughs> two or something. Let's find out in a minute. Um, his wife is Naomi, and uh, they live in Sydney, and they've got three young kids. So, Andy, welcome to the Church Explain podcast. It's so good to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank God for technology that allows us to chat and distribute this out to wherever you're listening in the world. Yeah, it's amazing. Andy, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself when you moved to uh, maybe uh, Australia and uh, your family and your role? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so uh, I did grow up uh, near Birmingham. Uh, I don't have the Brummie accent, never did, (laughs) um, but in Solihull. And uh, moved to Australia when I was 19 years old, all by myself. And so been here now for nearly 16 years. And so met my wife, Naomi, uh, while I was studying here at Hillsong College. And so she's a Latina from the USA. And so it's a bit of a blend of cultures of of English and Latina and American living wow. in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we've got three young kids that are six, three, and two. Oh, wow. And uh, yes, so so that's fun. It's been um, a fun <laughs> 18 months of lockdown yeah. um, with them. And so, yes, yeah, so I, I moved in um, 16 years ago, did Hillsong College, um, worked uh, for a property developer and a small business coach um, after that. And then eight years ago, uh, joined the staff of Hillsong Church. Yeah. Wow. wow. Fantastic. So um, you must have been from the posh part of Birmingham then, were you, if you didn't have an accent? <laughs> that's that's what they do say of Solihull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll say no more. Yeah. yeah. So listen, tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, you've mentioned about your journey going to Hillsong. You went to, I think, Hillsong College, you were saying there. Tell us a little bit more maybe about um, what it's like being in Hillsong in Sydney and about your role, your current role. Uh, that would be great for our listeners to hear today. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I guess the role, you know, it's quite diverse, um, as I'm sure most people's roles are. But ultimately, it's the it's to show people behind the scenes of Hillsong, um, what we do, why we do it, because I think people could look at Hillsong, particularly as it's grown over the last few decades, and they look at it as this big corporate church where it's like, if you've got questions, where would I, where would I ask those questions to? Who could I possibly get in contact with to find things out? And so the cool thing about the network existing is that 
our board and senior pastors have it on their heart to champion the cause of of local churches everywhere. And so we as a team are able to answer those questions and facilitate those answers and also facilitate relationship with leaders around the world so that we can hang out together um, or at least pre-COVID we could and they can really catch the culture of Hillsong. Um, And so, you know, one of the things I did, I think during COVID was kind of really narrow down what, you know, what is it that I would say, what's that one sentence in terms of what is it that I do? And I came up with this and it's that I facilitate environments where leaders can catch Hillsong culture, facilitate environments where leaders can catch Hillsong culture. And so I guess prior to COVID that incorporated quite a bit of travel. Uh, Now it's more through Zoom and Mm. podcasts and things like that. But that's the, you know, that's kind of the vague answer to it. And, mm. and maybe something that's helpful is something that in, um, inspired me being part of Hillsong, having come from a, a smaller church, from a New Frontiers church, mm-hmm. um, particularly based in the UK. Um, and then, um, you know, for me, I would go to the Global Leadership Summit. My mum would take me out of school as a 14-year-old to go to Global Leadership Summit. Then when I was 17, read Purpose Driven Church and kind of redesigned our youth ministry along those lines and then came to study at Hillsong. And um, so for me, I I feel like I have this ecumenical mindset of learning from everyone and and there is no perfect way of doing church and just wanting to help as many people as possible. And so I heard this story from Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. um, And so... You know, used to, we used to say that Elon Musk, we knew of him because of like Tesla. Now it's because of SpaceX and all, and naming his kid and and all yeah. these other kinds of things <laughs> yeah. and and cryptocurrency and whatever. Mm. But he was he was asked on a on a late night TV show, he was asked why he'd given the patents to Tesla away to all of his competitors. So yes, all this IP that Tesla had created about the um, electric vehicles, why had he given it away to all of these other um, competitors? And he gave this really powerful answer. And he, he gave this analogy of, if you're on a sinking ship and you discover this like secret design for a, a baler, you know, like a bucket that's going to get, you know, twice as much water out than, than the guy behind you is like, you'd be crazy not to share that with everyone else because ultimately the, like the ship's going down, like the ship's going to sink unless you do. And so to relay that to, to, um, you know, electric vehicles in the environment, he's obviously, obviously saying like Tesla can't do it all by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, they need all of the car makers to go on this journey with them. And so that really inspired me about the thought of the church and about Hillsong church and these other churches that I mentioned and, and networks that exist and podcasts like this is it's all about equipping one another and sharing these, these things that we've learned along the way that are going to help all of us stop this, you know, not that the ship is sinking, but you know, like the world is sinking yeah. and we've all got to work together. It's, it can't just be like Hillsong's got this great idea of how church is done and we're not going to tell anyone else or, you know, Life Church or you name it. Yeah. We've got to share that stuff. And so that's the heart of our senior pastors, Brian and Bobby Houston. It's what I very fortunately get to essentially spend my whole life doing through the network. And it's a huge privilege. That's amazing. And uh, what a great, what a great attitude to have. 
in terms of building the church. You mentioned there around um, lots of churches and leaders will ask you questions. So uh, I wonder if you just touch on maybe some of the most frequently asked questions that you get and like, are they around certain topics? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think generally, you know, people will be in, I guess, impressed by Hillsong and some of the branding and communication sure. and, and the worship maybe. But mm. when they kind of get down to nitty gritty, the things that the three things that they're always asking are essentially how do we do small groups better mm. and discipleship? How do we, you know, get more volunteers? We don't have enough volunteers. And three, how do we look after new people? Mm. It kind of always boils down to those kinds of three wow. things, small groups, volunteers, and new people. And, you know, I think generally leaders can be looking for a little bit of like, a, you know, talk about the silver bullet. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. what's this, what's this yeah. system or this program or the software mm. that Hillsong uses or that this other church uses, this program, and that's going to solve all of our problems. And the truth is there's, there, there's nothing like that. And, and what people don't realize maybe about Hillsong is just how hard we just work at those things. Like mm. it's just good old hard work, sweat, energy, analysis, and work. Um, and there's there's nothing really glamorous or super secret about that. It's just that we love people. We love discipling people. We believe that people's lives are going to get bigger if they serve others and serve God, serve the church. And so we just work really, really hard at those things. And so I guess people think that you know, maybe the secret to Hillsong is our, our worship or a certain preaching style, but it, it's actually just working really hard at the same thing that every other church has to work hard at small groups, volunteers, and looking after new people. And then, and then probably one of the other things that more recently people start asking about is, is, is how do you start reproducing, you know, your culture all around the world as Hillsong's opened up so many more locations yeah. um, in different cities and, mm -hmm. and nations around the world. It's just like, I think people are often, yeah, kind of surprised that it's possible or, or wonder how that works in, in terms of reproducing that same culture of like, this feels like home wherever you are in the world. Mm. So, so just picking up on that, because mm. that's a, a great place just to, to think through it a little bit. How do you do that? Because obviously if you... You know, put, it, put aside the small groups, the volunteers and the teams. Um, I think they're, they're essential. If we think of multi-site churches yep. or just maybe even churches who maybe just even want to open another yeah, yeah. campus somewhere. Mm. Maybe they're not going to become a, mm. a major multi-site, but they think, okay, we want to plant somewhere. We want to do mm. something. We want to carry the same culture. For you guys then, what I know there's no silver bullet, but what, what would you say is the, the common ingredient yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great point you make about it's not just about planting churches on the other side of the world, but it, it could even just be, you know, starting an evening service mm, from just having yeah. a morning service yeah, or starting a second morning service. Mm. Some of those things, it still needs to be reproduced even just an hour and a half later. Mm. Um, but, you know, it is an enormous question. And, um, it, you know, we could do a whole week-long seminar and it really, <laughs> um, and if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it. Yeah. But I think there are... There are some aspects that maybe are undervalued that I could share on and, you know, and just humbly from my experience, because it's really Brian and Bobby are the, are the ones that are the, the genius behind it. But I think the, the first thing for us is that we, our goal is the, for it to be the same culture. So whether it's um, a morning and a night service or it's um, a campus in another part of city or nation is it's actually our goal that it would be the same culture because 
because not every movement does it like that and not every movement has to do it like that um, or church. There's so many models of doing it, but what you'd hear at Hillsong is that we're one house and many rooms. And so if that is our goal, that we are one house, we're one church, then that means that we are aiming for the same culture um, in every service campus nation. And then to take this picture of the house, which, which Pastor Bobby so beautifully talks about and about, because a house alludes to um, a family, mm. a family living in a house. Um, and so that's what Hillsong is. It's, it's sons and daughters of the house. And so oftentimes you see in these new locations that we're, we're starting in is it's a son and daughter of the house that has been sent to, to plant that church, to expand the culture. Mm. And so uh, the thing about a son and daughter in, in Hillsong is oftentimes they've been part of Hillsong for 10, 15, 20 plus years. And so they, they, they are the culture. It's not just like they know it theoretically or they read the book on it. It's like they, they've proven themselves to be the culture. And now it's a very low risk sending them over there because they, they are us. Um, They, they almost like they unconscious, unconsciously, uh, just be the culture. Mm. And so, you know, at Hillsong, there is no, you know, rule book or a thousand rules. And for every single scenario, this is how you do it. Yeah. But there's just kind of gut instinct reactions where things happen or people suggest things or you see something, you go, ah, oh, you know, that's that's not who we are. That's not yeah. the way we do it. So, so I guess all that to say is sometimes like I encourage churches that are maybe three, five years old that want to plant a church whether it's on the other side of the city or other side of the world is I go like, it's, you just got to accept that that's going to be hard work. I'm not saying don't do it, Mm. but it's going to require massive intentionality because you only have maybe two years, three years, five years worth of enculturation. Your, your sons and daughters of the house are only, you know, a few years into it. Mm. There might be toddlers to use, to use that picture. And so you know, so one of the things about Hillsong is that really like the first 20, 25 years is we didn't really plant that many Hillsong locations. We did, we did plant churches, but we didn't plant a lot of Hillsong locations within that first 20 years. Mm-hmm. But now you see the last decade and, and how it's expanded like crazy, but it's because there's this whole generation of sons and daughters that have grown up and born, saved into the culture yeah. and are now able to expand it relatively rapidly um, because it's just who they are. We're not hiring someone in from the outside and giving them the playbook. It's, it's just who they are. Mm. I, I think that's Brilliant. amazing. Yeah, Some, such great thought around mm. sons and daughters of the house and um, carrying that culture, I think is amazing. Just in terms of your role and uh, overseeing that Hillsong Leadership Network, I guess you've seen uh, the temptation for leaders to copy from Hillsong or other uh, successful, fruitful churches. I I wondered if you'd talk a little bit about whether that's okay or if it's not okay and just the reasoning behind that. Great question. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a great question. Yeah, I think think it comes, depends on where where your heart is. So there's, I'd say there's two sides to it. So there's the side of, you know, we're going to learn from and copy another, um, you know, a successful church, influential mm. church, because like like the Elon Musk example of like because of the mission, the mission demands it and we want to use everything that we possibly can to achieve the mission. Or there's the side of going that's, you know, I, 
I can't be bothered to think for myself of what might work. And so I'm just going to look around and see what anyone else is doing. Mm. Or, yeah, I'm just going to look for that silver bullet so I don't have to work as hard. So I think there's, it depends on the spirit with which you bring, you bring to it. Mm. But I think if you, if you do have the right spirit, then um, I think it's about being able to distinguish between something that um, Pastor Robert Ferguson, who's our, who's our teaching pastor at Hillsong, yeah. um, he calls the three Ps. And so I actually already referenced it, um, I think maybe in your introduction of my bio, in terms of teaching churches the principles and the practices. Yeah. And so those are actually the, the first and the third P. So the, these three Ps are the principles, the patterns, and the practices. Mm. And so Pastor Robert, he talks about principles as being these, these eternal principles that work in all situations, all circumstances for eternity. You've got patterns that work um, at certain times, uh, and, and certain circumstances that um, aren't, you know, some of them might be um, eternal kind of God breathed and some might not. And then you've got practices that are really just kind of man-made. They work only in specific times and certain, and certain uh, circumstances. And so if I was to break that down for you, give you an example of say a, a church copies Hillsong that has a heart and soul night. Mm. And so they go, you know, Hillsong does heart and soul nights. And therefore, if we do that, we will grow. We will be healthy. We'll be successful, whatever. And they don't realize, well, that's just a, a practice. That's, that's something that we've invented for now. And in a year's time could completely change how we do it. But then there's, there's the pattern. So a pattern is a level above that. And it's, it alludes to something a bit more eternal, something that is more reproducible throughout um, history throughout church which is that there is a, a core to your church that um are looking for inspiration and being part of a community mm. and then there's an overarching principle which is that uh you know community that we're made for community that god has designed the church to serve one another and for it to be a body and a family mm. and so so all that to say if you go well we're going to do a heart and soul night but there's actually no, and so you use the logo and the branding and whatever. Mm. But when you get to it, there's no sense of this is family, this is fun, this is a level of vulnerability, yeah. transparency, community building. Um, you know, you know, if you haven't got that, re ultimately it comes from a revelation. And yeah. so um, I think that's the thing of people, you know, copy from Hillsong, copy from Life Church or Saddleback or whoever, mm. but try and get their original revelation of like, why are they doing it like that? Yeah. What was their reason for deciding it yeah. to look like that? Mm. And, and does that resonate with you? Is that the way that you, does that resonate with the revelation that God's given you for how your church is to function? And so... So in terms of copying, I think, um, you know, essentially my role is to encourage people to, to copy Hillsong. <laughs> but okay. the thing is that Instagram is, is it's a blessing and a curse yeah. because I've seen over the last, you know, few years as Instagram has grown so big is that, is that people can see, they see these other churches on Instagram. They see the, the crowd shots and the, the, you know, the best shots and all those mm -hmm. kinds of things and the, the branding for an event. And they go, yeah, we're going to do that. And they don't understand all the decisions that went in from that, that influential church of why are they doing it like that? What are the things they've wrestled with? What are the things they've said? We're not going to do it like that. We're going to do it like this because of the revelation that they have. And so if you just copy, if you haven't done any of that deep work in yourself to look at, 
those three principles is how does this work with the principles that we believe that the kingdom of God and the church needs to be built on mm. the patterns that God uses. And then the practices that are going to work in 2022 in mm. Sydney that are going to be different to, you know, 1996 in London. Yeah. And we've got to yeah. wrestle with those things and, mm. and Instagram kind of bypasses a whole lot of that. And so people can be copying for the wrong reasons and, and copying the wrong things really. That's great. Yeah, some great uh, insights there around that uh, practices and patterns. We've been talking yeah, a little yeah. bit about that ourselves yeah, here at have, the church. Yeah. Um, so that's been useful for mm. us as well right here. Mm. I mean, one of the things you said there, Andy, was the fact that, you know, you're there to encourage people to copy Hillsong and copy the best practices. But I guess really the heart of it is really to dig down and get what is that principle because that's the thing you're sharing you know mm. rather than just picking something up from instagram or somewhere like that hey we're going to dig deeper we're, and maybe maybe that's a good thing for leaders to ask yeah. that question yeah. you know what it what is the principle. decision before yeah. this yeah because sometimes we, leaders can yeah. look and they can think well that looks great i'm going to do that next mm. tuesday in my church <laughs> but they haven't really wrestled with yeah. you know how did they get there mm. And, and, and I guess yeah. that's a good thing for, for people to think through. What do you yeah, think, definitely. Nathan? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just going back to that whole why, uh, why we're doing something yeah. and that principle behind it. Um, you know, like, so what would you say to maybe a pastor who comes to you and, uh, and they want to be more like Hillsong Church or maybe another influential church? And uh, what, what would be like your conversation uh, with them? Yeah. Well, I always start by, you know, acknowledging that it, it is beautiful that they would want to try and reproduce something of another church mm. when it's, you know, if they're reproducing something of heaven that they see displayed in that church. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's, they're not just copying just like, you know, secular marketing practices, but they see a glimpse of like, oh, there's something in your atmosphere or your culture mm. or the way in which you do discipleship that echoes something of heaven. And so can you tell me more about it? I'd love it. I'd love us to look more like, really they're saying it's like, I'd love to look more like heaven and the kingdom of God more than there's just like a church that's kind of a, a layer in there. Yeah. But really what they see is see through that is they see heaven. Um, I, I, I remember there was an example of, um, a, a very globally significant church that I'm sure like 99% of um, your listeners and viewers would know. And, and one of their team asked me about how Hillsong did uh, guest relations, mm -hmm. which is really like hosting if there's a guest speaker that's coming through and speaking on a Sunday. And so they'd experience what that, what that felt like at Hillsong. And so their team were asking me like, Hey, can you give us like the playbook and the, the map out? Cause we want to start doing our guest relations the way that you do it. And that's what I said to them was like, yeah, we, I can set up a conversation so you can understand some of the stuff behind the scenes, why we do that. Um, and it's beautiful that you would say that of our church, but what you've got to understand, and it, it comes back to this kind of the principles and the revelation mm. is that the way we look after our guests and our guest speakers is the exact same way that pastor Bobby, our senior pastor would look after anyone who visited her house. Mm. So it's not like we just have the, all these ideas and practices of, of what we do because they're a guest speaker and we've just invented that out of nowhere. That originates out all the way back to a Hillsong church with dozens of people and Pastor Bobby and the revelation of 
um, the church being a home, the church being a family, yeah. hospitality, welcome, a sense of welcome home, you belong here. Um, and she, so she does that for one person in our home and we're able to just replicate that for a guest speaker. Great. But also we're replicating that for thousands of people that come to church into an auditorium mm. um, on a weekend is that Pastor Bobby would say, like, you're coming into a lounge room. You're coming into Pastor Brian and Bobby's lounge room. If people come to our conference, whether it be in a, an arena, you know, in Sydney or London or New York and 20,000 people, is that you're getting the same kind of welcome that you're getting from Pastor Bobby if you were in our home. Mm. And so any church that's kind of, yeah, looking to learn from Hillsong is, as I would ask, well, you as a senior pastor, or if it's one of their team members is, well, what does their senior, what does your senior pastor want? What are they like? What is their personality? What are their values? And so, cause you're, you're not necessarily going to be able to reproduce Hillsong unless it's actually deep inside. And it's one of your values and, mm, and the principles that you believe that your church should be built on. So I kind of always kind of put it back onto people and go, well, like who, who are you like discover who you are? What does yeah. guest relations look like for you? What does connect groups look like for you? What does a service run sheet look like for you? It's going to come out of you as a person and what God's told you, not from what God's told someone else. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great stuff there. Andy. I, I, I like that idea that it's actually, it's in the person, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I suppose that's discipleship as well. Mm. That's how discipleship, runs and works isn't it you know like it needs to be inside the person for it to be seen and just to have that idea of the house is a great image and maybe that's something that leaders can be asking themselves as well like what what am what am i replicating or what are people replicating from me yeah is a big thing as well because often if it's not in the church the question we have to go back to is is it in the leader yeah and that's not a judgment, but that's just a reality check. You know, yeah. you can't say to you know people in the church, "Hey, be super generous." If it does, if the leaders aren't super generous, yeah, it just yeah. it just doesn't work, does it? No, no. You can have a playbook, and as you say, to say yeah. do these five things, but deep down, if it's not in the leaders, yep. it will never transpire elsewhere, yep. will it? No, no, no. Yeah. Hey, hey, another that's question. Not- We're just thinking on this idea of um, networks and leaders, and uh, you know. It's, it's an important thing for leaders to have networks. What, yeah. what would you say is the value? Um, obviously, you're, you're dealing with a lot of churches, some who are part of the Hillsong Network, some are exploring. You know, you're probably dealing with lots of people at different stages of their journey. What would you say is the importance of being connected to a network, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I think something I noticed as I took on this role um, and started to get to know more leaders is just finding that so many of them are lonely. Mm. Um, I think Hillsong is a little bit sheltered in that because we are this big, large family of all these locations and in cities and nations is that you have all these peers as a, as a key leader, you have all these peers that you can rely on. But for a lot of senior leaders, if you're the senior pastor and you're kind of a church by yourself, is there's no one else you can be vulnerable with that you can share what's really going on with. And so it can really feel like you're alone. uh, No one understands you and, and there's no one that you can share and be transparent with. Mm. And so I think the value of a network is that you can have other people at your level, um, level of leadership. The church can be different sizes, but understanding the weight that you both feel that you can just be real around. You can find your tribe, um, people that, um, 
that you can be comfortable with, you can be yourself with. I think that's incredibly important for leaders. So I'd say that's one thing is just noticing, you know, even pre-COVID, just uh, leadership can be lonely if you choose to allow it to continue to be lonely. It doesn't have to be. Mm. Uh, the other thing about the network is, you know, I've mentioned a few times is this idea of really just not needing to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Is that there's other people that have tried other things and have analyzed and learned stuff. And so rather than going through all the same process yourself is that you can learn from others. And, and the value of being a network is it's not just about um, you, you receiving information from someone else, but you can also pass it on to others. Yeah. And so it's reciprocal and you build this web, this network where everyone's learning and, and helping with one another. And then I guess the, one of the final things I think is, depending on the kind of network that you're part of it, it also just helps in the calendar of it puts breaks and, and these milestones in your calendar of whatever events those are. If it's maybe it's an annual conference or a monthly webinar, just put something in your calendar where you go, yeah, I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to uh, rest. I'm going to refresh myself. Hopefully you're in an environment that's going to re-energize you and inspire you, not bring you down. Yeah. Um, sadly, maybe some denominations when you hang out with one another, it, it brings you down more than it lifts you. And so sometimes, you know, we experience that of some denominations, mm. some churches, they come to Hillsong Network to be re-energized and refreshed mm. because they, they can't necessarily get that from their own denomination, which is sad. And so I think between those three things, I think it can be um, yeah, really valuable being part of a network. Yeah. No, some great thoughts and uh, been some great thoughts throughout the podcast. Just to finish, Andy, I wonder if you'd had a, a, any advice for anyone who may be looking at starting a network or even for someone who's, um, you know, leading a network and yeah. uh, just any advice for uh, anyone in that situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, my first piece of advice, don't do it. <laughs> um, no, not, yeah. not really, but... <laughs> Um, but a little bit. No, I, I, I would check with people like, is there is there already demand for what you believe God's put on your heart? Like, is there yeah. people that are already, uh, you know, knocking on your door, asking questions, mm. asking you for coffee? Um, that is there is there a sense of a, a hunger for what it is that you have to offer? Um, that's really you know, Hillsong Network started out of that was just that as Hillsong was gaining more traction around the world and people were asking questions and. Christine Kane was actually leading it back in the day. And it's like, you, there's only so many um, coffee catch-ups you can have. There's only so many emails you can respond yeah. to. And so the the way of putting the network with, together was to kind of leverage some of our resources to be able to help as many people as possible. And so I would ask that question to people of, is there already a demand or is it just just a thought in your head and no one's actually asking you those questions yet but assuming that there is some demand and people are looking to you is that every network is going to be so different and you can really shape it uh to what you want it to look like and and so i thought of some of these things of that you might want to think of in terms of your network and whether it's designing it from scratch or reshaping it yeah yeah which even during COVID the last 18 months, I feel like we've been reshaping or, or really aligning, clarifying Hillsong Network. Okay. But so things like, well, how big do you want this to be? Mm. How, because it can be smaller, it can be big, it can be um, very scalable, or, or you might intentionally choose that this thing actually doesn't scale, like mm. beyond, actually the maximum size of this is seven people. Mm. You might decide, or it could be 700 people. It's not necessarily right or wrong. Mm. So how personal do you want it to be? Do you want it to be incredibly personal where it's you can 
the only way you do it is by getting together in one another's homes or can you be anywhere in the world and you don't know everyone else who's part of it? Yeah. How leveraged do you want it to be? How, how centralized uh, do you want like Hillsong network is relatively centralized and that the majority of the information is flowing out of Hillsong to these other churches but then there's other networks where every church is kind of contributing to it. So it's, mm. it's not as centralized. What kind of commitment levels required? Is it that you can, you, like you have to show up at every single meeting and it's every other week, or is it once a year? Um, how much commonality do you expect there to be between the leaders? Is it great commonality where people are like, no, this is my tribe, or is it actually quite diverse that you find a whole lot of different voices, personalities? Is it physical or is it online? Mm. Is it local? Is it global? Is it for anyone or is it only by application? And, you know, as soon as you start to identify and pick, well, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, that on that one, that on that one, kind of in the middle on this thing, then it shapes a really unique network that best uh, describes you, your personality, your yeah. vision, your Brilliant. your goals for ministry, and allows you to just stay stay true to your grace zone. And and that's the biggest thing. It's like, don't try and be like another network. Stay true to your grace zone, yeah. what God's put on your life and your ministry, mm. and, and have great confidence that it's going to help a lot of leaders. Mm. Andy, that's fantastic advice, yeah. I think, and some great insights there, especially around that idea of, um, you know, if, if, if people aren't, asking it from you really mm. you know do you really want to start something because yeah. i think there's got to be yeah. that demand like if people are knocking on your door that's a good indication if they're yeah. not uh don't just go and write a playbook as we've said earlier and uh and think this is what i'm going to do because yeah. probably people won't turn up they they're connected and you know it's all that sort of stuff of that yeah, personal yeah. connection isn't it really yeah Hey, and it's been brilliant to have you on this podcast, Church Explain podcast. We're going to wrap up in a second. Um, but first of all, I, I think we want to say thank you to, to you, Andy, and yep. to Hillsong uh, as well yep. for all the stuff you guys have contributed to the wider church over the last 20 so years. Mm. Like, to be honest, uh, you know, we're not sort of bigging you up for the sake of it, but but it is pretty remarkable. And we have benefited yeah, of that definitely. as a local church, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. And um, and it's it's good for for churches just to say thank you to you guys for all the stuff that you've done for the wider church. Honestly, it's it's just been such a blessing to have someone like yourselves out there who've helped pave the way for lots of stuff for leaders yeah. and churches. Yeah. Hey, thank you for that. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. It's it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate that, and thank you for what you do as well. No, brilliant. Andy, if people want to uh, kind of get in touch with you or just uh, uh, see you about, uh, how would they do that? Yeah, I think going to probably network.hillsong.com, probably the best place to check out uh, a whole lot of free stuff there from Hillsong and, and different avenues to connect. So network.hillsong.com. Great stuff. Well, that's it for this uh, Church Explained podcast. As we've said, it's been great to have Andy with us. And uh, if you, wherever you're tuning into this, if you could rate, review, subscribe, that helps us get the podcast out. You'll find the show notes in the comments and the notes below. And uh, you can check out uh, Andy at network.hillsong.com, but also you can check out uh, icon.church forward slash open, where you'll find the show notes for this episode, but also past episodes and all also free resources on there. It's been great to be together and Fantastic. we look forward to seeing you next time on the Church Explained podcast.